Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft M4 uh, for the second week in a row uh, for you guys. It's all happening at the same time, same day for same day for me. But uh, we're we're back in Dayton uh, again. Not not Dayton Brewcast. It's not a joke. It just so happens to work out that way. That's where we're recording, I guess, for forever now. <laughs> No, that, that is a joke. Um, this is still Cincy Brewcast. Uh, this week, uh, we're sitting at Toxic Brewing Company. Um, I've not been here for a long time, um, but it's not it's not a toxic show. We're not going to really talk too much about them. We're just going to drink their beer while we talk to you guys about uh, about another podcast, another uh, social media channel, another um, another voice of Cincinnati craft beer and beyond, uh, Blake the Brewery Explorer. Uh, I've been... Uh, eager to get you on the show for a while to kind of talk about what you're doing. You've been uh, you've been blowing up over the last. Um, uh, when did when did you start the the Instagram channel? 2021. Yeah, so about the you know the last uh, last two years, you've been uh, kind of growing this thing and building it, and then the podcast just launched uh, this year, and um, I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, yeah. First, we we do have to mention what we're drinking. Um, I already forgot the name of mine. Is it practice yoga? Is that? Is that it's a spear podcast. We have to at least mention what we're drinking. Practice yoga. It's a session IPA. Let me drink it real quick. Uh, what did you pick out? Did the you same. Try? The practice okay. yoga as well. What did you get? Yeah, I got the Abbey's Cure. It's a uh, Belgian... Um, we, uh, I think it's a Weiss uh, beer. Right. Um, have you tried it yet? I had a sip on the way over, okay. so I didn't spill it. I uh-huh. thought it was very good. What, what do you think? Like, what's? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Hefeweizen fan, so I really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I think it's clean and doesn't make me gag, so I'm going to keep drinking it. Practice yoga is okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a, you know, there's a lot of the beers that I've had there that kind of just taste uh, old school to me. Like, it reminds me of, it reminds me of kind of the, early days of craft breweries. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. <laughs> there might be something to uh, uh, to pull from that that maybe says something. But um, what's, your, what's your favorite beer? My favorite beer, like, in the world? The style, yeah. <coughs> Style-wise, I, I, it, it t- depends on the day, depends on the mood, depends on where I'm at and who I'm with. Um, but I, I like, like light, crispy boys, typically. But Okay. Um, but that's not to say that um, I don't like other stuff. That gotcha. ten, tends to be what I lean towards. Gotcha. Uh, introduce yourselves first, so people can hear your voices and know who's who and uh, and, and and what you guys what you guys do. And uh, sure, I'll uh, let you go first. My name. Make sure you get on that microphone when you talk to you, please. My name is Blake Longfellow. I run the Blake the Bird Explorer on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, wherever you can find me. Uh, I've been doing this since 2021, and just been a fan of craft ever since, even before I was 21. My my dad and uncle took me to Shaffley in St. Louis. Oh yeah. So I just it just grasped me, and it's just something that I've continued with ever since. So yeah, I I, I get that. <laughs> I've never actually been to uh, to the Shaffley Tap Room, um, but I had a buddy that went to school in St. Louis, and when we were there, we typically drank a lot of Schlafly. <laughs> we we did spend a lot of time at the other big brewery there because you could drink for free. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, my name is Noah Jones. I am a podcast producer and a friend of Blake's, and we've sort of been working on this venture together and having a lot of fun and sort of uh, exploring the different beers and beer makers across uh, Ohio, and it's been a lot of fun. How did you guys uh, get to know each other? 
He's, at, at, at Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah. So he just happens to be really good friends with someone that I went to college with, Eric Bergeser, who's also on our show. And uh, we kind of hit it off. And um, I just felt like he had such a passion for drinking beer that I, for drinking craft beer, that I really felt like he was uh, a potentially great interviewer and podcast host. And so far, so good. Yes. When did when did that conversation start about turning it into a podcast? It was a really rapid, really rapid turnaround. Um, I think that that you know I can't remember the day, but when was we went? To, we also went to Dark Charge, and that was really when I told him about my idea. So when was Dark Charge at Braxton? December. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely winter. Um, so I guess really from then, I would say maybe two or three months later, we were doing our first interview and and trying to figure out what this could potentially look like. Um, and we, I think, just sort of almost out of pure luck, it was sort of a, a magical fairy tale moment. We went to the anniversary of Mad Tree, and I'm alone in line, and I. I'm semi-blind, in which I can't see that far uh, away from me. And the I was where I was positioned in line, I couldn't quite read a beer on the menu that I really thought that I was going to enjoy based off of its name. And so I just sort of randomly, because I'm a relatively outgoing person, asked the person in front of me if he could read me what was in the beer that I was wanting. And he like turned all the way around and said, oh... This beer, I don't even need to tell. I don't even need to read it. I made it. I can tell you what's in it. <laughs> and f- so from that point, once I picked my mouth up from the floor, of course, I told him that we were starting a podcast. And so we ended up interviewing him, Ryan Blevins of Mad Tree, for our first podcast. And it's that a heck was of a, the first episode. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you can't you can't really ask for a bigger swing and home run on, for. I mean, Ohio beer, for craft beer at least, it's, it's, it, was, it was a great success and it was so much fun. And I think yeah. it was a really great sort of launching point. Yeah. What got, uh, and this goes kind of for both of you guys, you can go back and forth or one of you at a time, however you want to do it. Uh, what got you into craft beer? What is it about craft beer that gets you excited, that kind of keeps you going with it, um, that makes you want to try new places? I know that's a big part of you know the yeah. ideas of brewery exploring, you know, trying new things yeah. and going new places. What is it about it? I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, good beer, but also the people you meet along the way. I think uh, the friends I met out even from the, like the 513, then I just launched the Miami Valley Craft Beer Group because I don't know why I did it. But, you know, <laughs> it was just something fun to do and just trying to keep help growing the craft community because I still feel like there's a lot of people that don't understand what we do. And I just try to show and try to educate people on craft and it's just the people you meet. I mean. But even before, even before you you launched the the, the, the the podcast or the the Instagram channel, just from the from the early days of just kind of falling in love with the, the beer itself. Like, what is it about about craft beer that that gets you excited? I guess I just started out being with my dad, my uncle, and my cousins. It's just some something we all did together. And once I stumbled upon Ohio, I didn't realize at the time because. I was learning everything out in Missouri that I didn't realize Ohio was that big. And it's just something that kept growing. And that just the different beers I've had. And, and it's just, I don't know, just something that just a, something got attached and I haven't let it go. Right. How about with you? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I it's kind of a dweebish thing to say, but I just really like supporting local things. And, you know, Yangling, Miller Lite, Budweiser aren't brewed locally. So I live in Walnut Hills, so I like drinking. Miller, Miller kind of is. Well, okay. <laughs> but 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 it's it's mostly mostly a Milwaukee thing, I think. And so uh, anyway, I like buying local things. So uh, when it comes to drinking beer, I will drink craft beer that's made here. Um and, uh, you know, I, I also, I grew up in, in uh, St. Louis, so I'm very familiar with like Schlafly and all of those, all of those really wonderful breweries, but, but I don't get to go there very much because I don't, I don't live there anymore. So I tried to find a new sort of path, which was the crap beer around me. Right. Um, kind of uh, on that same idea, uh, when you did decide to start, uh, the Instagram channel came first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what was the uh, inspiration for that? How did you? Why did you decide to uh, kind of start sharing it with the world? I think it started brewing in 2020 when we couldn't go anywhere, and I, I my worry was how many breweries are going to survive this. Right. So about about I think it was January 21. I decided, hey, I'm going to just start taking pictures of breweries. It just it was supposed to just be pictures, and it turned into me describing the beers into that, and it just kept growing. I kept on trying little things at once, not doing everything at once. Right. Just try different things, see how things reacted, and and it just took off from there. What what parts of it have you enjoyed the most so far? Just exploring Ohio. Ohio has so many good crap beers, just not in Cincinnati or Dayton, Toledo. I just went to Cleveland like a month ago, um, Columbus. There's so many, so much good beer in Ohio, and I think I'm just tapped into it. And hopefully I get to go different states too, but really Ohio is what I'm focused on. Well, I, I keep finding that as much as in my head I'm like, oh, I'm going to go take a beer trip here, I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go spend a weekend in Dayton even and, and explore the beer scene here mm-hmm. in Dayton. And it's like, well... I still haven't, you know, when was the last time I went to this place or this place or this place, even in Cincinnati? Um, then there's this list of beers that uh, I know are released right now that I haven't tried yet that I really want to try. And it's like there's just so much stuff in any one of these cities that uh, it's it's really easy to kind of get um, bogged down is not the right word because it's a that makes it sound very negative. But uh, it's 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 easy to spend all of your time at you know in in one part of the beer scene instead of kind of spreading it around everything else there's just a lot of good stuff happening yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more i think every time we go to a new pod i'm sorry every time we go to a new brewery i always sort of discover their intent behind why they started and i sort of fall in love with it and i i really have this new appreciation for at least four beers that they serve on their menu. Yeah. And um, it's always really interesting. For instance, we went to uh, Crooked Handle in uh, in Dayton area last last week for our podcast. And, you know, they were telling us a little bit about the uh, the reason why that his, his hand, the Crooked Handle is their name of their podcast and, and talking a little bit about like their different beers. The Peanut Butter Porter specifically is one of their best selling and one of their favorites. And they were also sort of talking about like how they have uh, both of their buildings on Main Street. And so they call their Kolsch the Main Street beer. And it's really, it's just, you know, it's, it's awesome to really get to, talk to um, all of these really, really fantastic breweries and 
understand what they're all about. At the same time, they're also so accessible. And I'm sure that you feel the same way yeah. to have doing things since 2015. You know, I don't know that it's really a common thing for most professional people to say yes to three absolute amateur people at an anniversary party saying like, Hey, can right. we talk to you for our first <laughs> podcast? You have no idea who we are. And he's, and Brian was just sort of like, yeah, I love talking about beer. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a unique and fantastic space to, to be in. It, and the, 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 the funny part and funny, again, it's probably not the right word, but, uh, it is very normal in craft beer. And I think that people that don't understand the, the craft beer industry, uh, are often surprised by that, but like, you know, most people are, you know, willing to, if some, you know, Yahoo walks in off the street and says, Hey man, I make, I make a podcast and he pulls out his phone even and just sets it on the table. This is how I record it. Like, Oh yeah, I'll sit down and I'll record a podcast. <laughs> like people are excited to share kind of the, um, the, the gospel of craft beer with, with whoever wants to, to hear it. Um, even, you know, when we started the show, I started with, uh, with a couple other people and, I had been doing the blog already at that point, and uh, the guy that I started with, he's you know like how do how do we how do we do this this you know thing this podcast thing you know how do we get people to sit down and talk to us and like you just you just ask them <laughs> like everybody's going to be willing to do it and you like, oh, no they won't nobody's going to sit down and talk to us I'm like oh, they will and you know you can walk into any city that has craft breweries and walk into any brewery. And and ask them, and chances are they're excited to talk about it with somebody. And I, I do think that's that's unique to this industry. Yeah, I mean, Blake, I don't know how many people you've asked to be on our podcast, but I can't, I I can't count the number of yeses compared to the number of noes. Right, because I had to kind of slow down for a second because just because of all our three work schedules, we can't do it every day. Sure, we do about two times. We try to do two times a month. And um, and some in some of them we have coming up, we've made like a we'll meet you on a weekday because we just need to do it. So, but you know, I've really enjoyed doing it with the guys we have. The three of us get along so well and have so much fun together. Well, it's important to find people uh, to bring into it around you that you guys can complement each other. Uh, you know, the strengths of one person kind of balance out the weaknesses of somebody else, and you can build this little this team that. Uh, first time he came to me, I thought he was trying to get it do, do it by myself. I was like, "You're nuts," because I can't, <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite there or will ever be there to do it by myself. And I wanted to do it with people I enjoy with. Right. Uh, where does it go from here? Like, how you know what is what is the kind of the long term plans for for the podcast for for just the Blake the Brewery Explorer. Uh, uh, world in general too. Well, I, I stole the mic, so I'll hold on to it for a little bit. But I don't have the I don't have all the answer to the question. Um, at least for this podcast, you know, we we're only four episodes old, so we're really trying to just sort of like get out there, I think, and and prove to each other even that it's worth doing for fun. Um, and then, um, you know, eventually, I suppose we'd be looking for sponsors once we once we feel like we have a routine up. But but talk to us a little bit about what Blake the Brewery Explorer's future would be. Uh, it, it keeps evolving. I mean, I try different things. Sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. And um, But yeah, I just like... 
I really just don't know what the future holds. I mean, I just keep on going with the flow and then it seems to work and not try to panic too much when things don't go right because eventually I've just shown it works and we eventually will get it. What does what does going right look like to you? Like, what is what is kind of the overall? What 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 is the point of you know the the where I'll, I'll where the I just <laughs> where where we leave a podcast and we and once he gets it edited, we're like, okay, all of it went right. Okay, now we're here. Now we can can start working more on our questions more because I think our questions are evolving too. Because it's kind of hard to decide what you want to ask. And try not to be repetitive with them at the same time. Right. What about- yeah, but, but one thing I've really noticed I've liked talking about people with is the history. Like like when we were talking to Crooked about like the history of Dayton and stuff like that. And it's something I wish we kind of kept on going with. But, but also at the same time, I want to learn about them at, at two and try sure. to get their name out. Well, and it's, you know, it... it- it varies a lot from uh, from place to place. There's some places that you go into, and you know, first thing you start talking about, you're like, "Oh man, we could do an entire episode just on this one question that I just asked." And then there's other places you go, and it's uh, it's like you're trying to pull stuff out of them, and you know, it's just yeah. it's very different from place to place or guest yeah, to guest. We've definitely had a couple of both of those, um, but I, I think that um, it's it's also a learning process because of the three of us. Eric, Blake, and myself, I'm the only one who has experience doing podcasts. Um, and, and I also have a background as a, as a journalist. So I also sort of just am constantly thinking of, of questions that um, really helps, I think, as opposed to people who have always just sort of um, wondered but never really had to think right. on their feet. So um, I think it's all, it's all a learning thing. I think that'll probably just be how it is for the first year. And, um, you know, I, I think that without a doubt, though, everyone is really every one of our every one of us feel really confident in at least one thing of the podcast. And then um, they only get better every time because you get more comfortable. Sure. Uh, let's kind of talk bigger picture stuff with craft beer in general. Like what gets you guys excited about craft beer right now? And what are some of the things that maybe uh, you think is changing about craft beer that is not as exciting as you wish it was? <laughs> Just how places continue to open, I think, with with in a, in a good way or in a bad way. In a good way, I mean, <laughs> I could fall into I either one the of those one categories. That, the monsters. I'm excited to see what mon- uh, the, wandering monsters what, what does, yeah. and and I feel like there's so many, like Dayton and above. There's still so much potential up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't think it has really been tapped in. Like Crooked Handle just went to Piqua and. Pickwood came down, handpicked them to come. Hey, we want you to be part of this project. Right. So, and downside, I don't really see any yet. I mean, everyone we talked to seemed optimistic, especially like Kelly and Tom Argo out of Third Eye. They're all excited about their future, and that excites me when you hear that. And I know some people have some negative things on them, but I don't see too many as a problem. Right, because I don't think we've hit that threshold yet. Yeah, I don't think. We're close, I, I but... think some will, some will come and go, but for the most part, I think Dayton has held its own. You don't have any kind of negative feelings about the industry as a whole right now. Maybe because I'm too new into it, but I really don't. 
I mean, that's no, I mean, that's 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 not a bad thing, but I mean, there's you know, coming out of the week after you know, Craft Brewers Conference, where um, there's still a lot of a lot of problems with uh, you know, people of color in this industry, with uh, with women in this industry, with you know, like as a whole, like there's still so much so much space that needs covered that we're, 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 you know, sometimes I, I see stuff like that and I'm like, Oh God, we're still like, we have so far to go. But then other times I look at it from another perspective. I'm like, we've come so far. But I think that's kind of the same state of our country some days too, is that we're still working on stuff as a country. And I think craft beer can help with that. If people just accept what's going on and accept change. Right. Right. I will also say that one of the things that I found really interesting, and I probably talk about it too much on Blake the Brewery Explorer podcast, is how different breweries managed their way through the pandemic, which, you know, according to the FDA or whoever the government agency is, we just got over. Um, but, but you know, like for, uh, who was it? It was uh, Third Eye. You know, they, they really had to sort of not rush in a negative way, but they had to really ramp up their distribution just to be able to make a profit to pay their, their rent on their space. Um, and then, you know, you have other, other places like Warped Wing, which we have coming up, um, who I'm sure will have a different uh, story to tell about how they made it through because the, they were so successful beforehand. But it's really impressive impressive to see how um, the the Cincinnati, at least for you and me, that craft brew space is, is really, I would imagine, getting pretty full. I mean, it seems like there's one per neighborhood, if not two. Right. And I mean, there's no doubt that Cincinnatians love beer. So there's always the more the merrier. But you got to wonder if eventually there will just be no more room for for new new players. Yeah, it's uh, you you can look at other industries, and I know the the fast food industry is one people want to point out sometimes of how many you know burger restaurants exist you know in, sure. in, in the world, and uh, as much as you would say that um, that industry maybe is uh, saturated. It doesn't mean that new places aren't opening, and that you know, like it's it's it just depends how you look at all this stuff. What about uh, um, like other beverages? So we we you know we've seen kind of craft beer. Uh, if you listen to kind of the experts and the numbers and things that people are yelling from the rooftops of you know craft beer is dying and people are drinking uh, bourbon and that's all they care about anymore. Uh, everything else is dropping. You even seltzer now. Nobody gives two shits about. Uh, as from craft beer fans, like does that kind of those those kind of numbers does that worry you about what's happening, or does it make you want to kind of expand on the the, the whole idea into other other beverages, or uh, does that factor into the hobby at all for you? I mean, I've always been in the bourbon as well, because I think bourbon and craft beer kind of go hand in hand, especially in Ohio now with all the barrel age stuff. Sure. They just come in hand. But, but I know some breweries have tried to do both. Like I know March first is the biggest one out of the bunch. But, but I think eventually we'll start seeing more brew distills too. Just trying to get grab in, into that other world too, just to help out. Right. Because I think everything goes through phases. But it seems like craft has, even the numbers are low. But some of the places we go to, they're still packed. So. Yeah. 
like Third Eye was saying, they have they're packed about every week. So I think it just depends where you go. Do you see any of that stuff kind of working its way into the like the Brewery Explorer kind of uh, universe? Maybe. Maybe uh, Blake the Bourbon Explorer, Blake the, uh, <laughs> Blake the I, Seltzer Explorer. May, not Seltzer. <laughs> I'm not a Seltzer person at all. I've tried Seltzer. I just can't do it. He puts the sigh in cider. But maybe bourbon, but I'm not there yet. I'm still trying to get this grass before I even think about something else. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of in agreement with you, Blake. I think the thing for us right now is to sort of become, if you, I mean, it's a generous term, but if, but we'll take it for right now, uh, become experts in one category before even pretending to know what we're talking about in another. I think that typically listeners will know if we're sort of, you know, just talking out of our ass about like, oh, this tastes great, you know what right. I mean? And so, uh, you know, you really just sort of want to, focus on one one type of alcohol before moving on to another but I wouldn't I wouldn't count it out totally um, if there's a market for it then then sure why not us you know what I mean but but especially for someone so green with this podcast I think that it's important that we focus on on understanding who we are first right I mean that makes sense and I think what's interesting to me is that is less of the excitement around other beverage spaces uh, as it is the potential for some of those to make people better beer drinkers. I think that, you know, if you, uh, if you're a beer drinker and you start getting into bourbon, uh, it will, uh, it'll change the way you taste beer. Uh, same goes for wine or for, for, for anything really. I mean, it just, it changes the way you experience the thing that you do love. And like, I, 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 I try to tell people all the time not to limit themselves of, of what you're drinking. Like if it, if it makes sense at the time, uh, just try it and, and, and let yourself kind of go down that rabbit hole a little bit. Um, but, uh, uh, I guess at the same time, if you don't like something, you don't have to drink it. <laughs> Just right. to, to do what you enjoy. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll ever get a non-alcoholic beers either. I haven't tried any yet, so uh, I, I'm still so torn on it. And if you uh, if you didn't listen to the episode a couple weeks ago, go back and listen to that one because uh, it's uh, they're fascinating to me. I still in my head, if you could create a beer that tasted and gave me the same joy that a regular craft beer gives me and it didn't have alcohol, it's even better than, than a regular beer. But, uh, I, I just, it, I don't think that exists yet. Uh, who knows if it ever will. <laughs> yeah. I would say never say never Blake. Um, I think that, um, you know, sometimes you got to try new things for, uh, your audience and, uh, just sort of live the vita loca. Yeah. Right. Never, never limit yourself by saying I, I won't try something. But right. you know, I don't think that's what you're saying. It's just, right. I, I just if you don't, if you don't see, I don't, I, don't, I can't anticipate that happening. I, I, can, right. I can let that go. <laughs> I mean, I've tried seltzers, like I said, but yeah. nothing ever stuck. Like, oh, this is good. Like, so yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's there are some seltzers. I'd rather that, drink a cider first before a seltzer. But yeah, I get that. I think that there are some that I've tried that kind of hit exactly what I think they're shooting for, uh, but uh, it's never going to be my first choice over a, uh, a good beer. Um, talking about breweries specifically, uh, space-wise, what makes the perfect brewery for you guys? Like, What is a good brewery versus a not good brewery? 
just I'm not talking about the beer at all. Well, for me, I really appreciate a good, you know, vibe, which I know is like everyone says and it means nothing. But I think that for me, it's like, you know, if it's a genuine atmosphere with a lot of nice people and like quality, like uh, bartenders who are sort of knowledgeable about what they're giving you, like a mad tree, I think that's awesome. I've been to a couple of... Um, places where it almost feels like a bar where the music the live music is so loud that you can't hear each other mm -hmm. and you know i'm 30 years old i kind of just like at this point i know what i want and what i want is to have a conversation with the beer and not a screaming match with the person or people that i'm going to the bar with so um for me i think it's a little bit of everything from the environment that really makes the difference between service uh atmosphere and then of course food is also something that i've really started paying attention to um, we were talking um with crooked handle about how important food is and how in columbus when i was living in mansfield it seemed like a lot of these breweries had a lot of food trucks but now in Cincinnati, at least, and, and in Dayton as well, it's mostly in-house food, shifting, yeah. which is a completely different um, thing because you can sort of show up knowing that you're going to be able to eat as opposed to hoping that you're going to be able to eat, which I think is a really, really good transition. Well, there's to me, there's very few things that I uh, despise more. Despise is a, is a rough way to put it, but uh, <laughs> if I walk into a brewery and they've got a food truck, which great, I love it, love having a food truck. I love food trucks, right? Because I mean, food trucks are cool. But let's assume that the food truck is serving food that I don't like, right? What do I do? Right. So now, like, you can't order food because there's a food truck. You, you're not going to bring your own food into a place that has a food truck. That's if anybody doesn't know, that's wrong. Don't do that. Uh, but I don't want to eat the food truck. And I didn't know that before I came there. Like now I'm stuck in this position where it's like, okay, I just, I'm not going to eat. And then we're going to have to go somewhere else after this. And like that, you don't want your customer to be left with that feeling when they might've loved your beer and loved the vibe of the place and all these other things. But now that's what they're left with is, man, I was just hungry. <laughs> or, or you get there, you find out the food truck you were looking for it to didn't show up. It so didn't show like, up or left early or something like yeah. that. Well, that's, that's what Jason was saying on the Crooked Handle podcast. He was basically saying that um, they found that people will leave and oh, they yeah. will lose a lot of money during the dinner hours because no one else is there. Right. And um, so that's that was one of the reasons why he decided that it was a good idea to have in-house food to sort of capture those dinner eater, eater those dinner eaters as well as. Um, you know, the people who just come in randomly. So it's, it, it is interesting. I think, I don't know if, um, you know, seventh Sun is a beer, it's a brewery in, uh, in Columbus that always had food trucks. I don't know what, what they will change the way they were doing it or what. I haven't been there in years, so I, I shouldn't have used them as my, my right. starting point, but, but nonetheless, I, I mean, it will be interesting in seeing how food trucks even survive that sort of market share as, as, they sort of realize the issue. Well, I mean, we're starting to see a lot of uh, like food truck parks pop up too, where it's a place where you know you're going there for food trucks. Mm -hmm. uh, locally here, we're not seeing any of those with a brewery concept attached to them yet. And I think that that could be a fun thing where like you, you, 
you know that it's it's this is food trucks. It's all about food trucks. But there's going to be more than one. So I know that there's going to be something that I can eat and something that I'm going to enjoy. So I can go to the brewery and then there's going to be, you know, three, four, five, however many food trucks that I have to choose from. I think that's a really, really fun idea. Um, but can that make sense for those food trucks themselves on a uh, Wednesday night? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like there's it, probably too much competition for a weekday. But, but perhaps at like a festival or like a music event or like... You know, um, but as far as something that you can wrap in with a brewery, like a, like sure. a real, like a concept where, like, you know, you're or like going an to this place party or something for, for sure for food trucks. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's you know, I don't know. I, I love food trucks, but uh, sometimes it's hard. Uh, what about you, Blake? Uh, as far as the perfect, uh, the perfect brewery, the perfect tap room, the perfect space, beer aside, the closeness feeling, and also some places, even if they're not close, like. Matry around guys when you walk in your eyes drop and you're watching a Bengals game like one of my favorite places to go watch a Bengals game live is Ryan guys definitely especially through the playoffs that vibe is something out of this world when they've they've got that whole uh, the little sports deck thing that they built at Ryan guys now yeah. it's a really cool place to sit so, and watch something I, I think I it's not hard for me it's very I guess that's a I don't know how to word this, but how it's not, it's hard for me to pick, pick a part of a brewery. So, I mean, just because I, I can find goodness in about everything. Have you walked in a place, and I'm not saying name somebody, but have you walked in a place and be like, yeah, I just don't like it? Like, has that happened? Um, once in a while, but it, it, it don't happen often. What was it about those places that, that it, it just, it just felt like a close knit community and it wasn't wasn't very welcoming to a new okay. person but but that's not that does not happen often right it's probably right. somewhere up north i can't remember the name yeah. but you know sounds like something that would happen up north <laughs> those, those yankees <laughs> but well, i get that like i uh, i've definitely been to those places where you walk in and everybody kind of looks at you and i'm like oh this is gonna be one of those times <laughs> you know it's uh um which can be fun sometimes, but, you know. Which I think I love most about, like, Cincinnati breweries is that you don't get that feeling much at all when you go there. No, I can't think of any places off the top of my head right now where you or even get that Dayton. experience. I, I don't have enough experience up here in Dayton. To... We went to a place, uh, Blake and I and Eric went to a place um, shortly after the new year had, had begun. And I think it was in it was in Kentucky somewhere. I can't remember what the name of it was. Well, I was not going to tell you what the name of it was, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I we walked in and you know to their credit they had like their entire bar seats filled, but that was pretty much it, and it was pretty empty. And um, you know, for there, I felt like when you were talking about like a weird vibe, that was one that sort of came to mind. And I'm not saying that the beer wasn't ba- wasn't w- was bad, or or was was fantastic. But for me, it was a little strange. Even though I was already with a group of people, it just wasn't really like you know, quote unquote, happening. Right. It just it, it feels off to you when you when you walk in, just like ugh, Actually, something doesn't feel that. right. That's all right. <laughs> it's easy. We'll just put a big bleep and imagine that you're cursing the entire time. You won't time. even hear it. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, what about uh, a place that you walk into and 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 and, um, 
if you could, I'm going to try to find a way to word this better because if you could pick uh, like three or four uh, components of great tap rooms or great breweries, again, beer aside, because I think that's kind of the easy, easy way out of it. Um, and you could com- kind of combine them together and you can be specific on this and call out specific places and kind of build the perfect brewery experience. What would that be? The first one that comes off to my mind is 50 West. Like when, like when you go what, to what part specifically, like, like, like the, the volleyball the courts and the bird, like, like it's like a okay. like diner on the other side there that you just pick up burgers and fries and just the vibe is always cool. Yeah. Um, I definitely think food is, become like a big oh, yeah. big thing that you want the food good and the atmosphere on things going on or or if you're near some near like a near an area that draws you in too i think helps as well yeah i mean as a as a non-brewery owner i think the most ex- exciting thing for a new brewer a new um brewery goer or or even a regular is user experience right so i think you naming 50 west is a great example because they have pickleball courts they have sand volleyball they have fantastic uh burgers and fries and their beer is good um and i think that that it's really important when people do those sorts of things. I think it's important to uh, have different sort of things for all, everyone who goes, you know, sort of like think about what everyone would enjoy, whether it's, 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 you know, having a music venue for people like me who love like real live music or, um, you know, having, having a good food. I mean, like, you know, food can be pretty much anything. You can have a taco place, or a pizza yeah. place or, or even, you know, it's like sandwiches or French fries. I mean, anything goes, chili goes with beer, right? So um, I think that whenever you walk into a place and, and you immediately think that there's like something there for you, that's really, really important. Um, for me, I, so I, I lived in Mansfield for several years and I lived with a, um, I always called it a neighborhood bar because it was like right up the street from where I could go. So I would be able to walk there and more importantly walk back and so underrated (laughs) (laughs) yes for sure and you know they it was it was it was sort of like um it was a really small town bar if you will it was called the fox and i love it dearly i even have a dollar with my name up on the roof of it or on the ceiling of it and um you know one thing that i really liked about that was that i pretty much knew either everyone's name or everyone's face and so that's that's something that you can't really predict as a new person but you know that's the sort of atmosphere that you really become familiar with so i think for sure for sure so i think you know being able to come up with some sort of comfortability factor or familiarity factor for people is really important and it's not necessarily having like a futon although you know potentially a nice nice touch (laughs) (laughs) Uh, since i've been going off of that too like the bar, the bar I took you to after Crooked Handle Mojo's, how the bartenders just know you. That that's something too. That yeah, it's a good feeling. It's almost like a Cheers moment, but you know, sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's a reason why it was in Cheers, right? Yeah, it's, right. Uh, it's it's awesome. It makes you feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. Or and I get that feeling when I go to Alamatic all the time. Like they know who I am. Right. It's just a great feeling. 
So I've been telling you to leave beer out of all of the things. Uh, let's talk about beer specifically. Uh, what styles do you guys tend to uh, lean towards? What do you love about them? Um, what do you what, what kind of beers do you guys love? I try. I, 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 I try I get to be that, a, that price shifts and changes, but uh, right yeah, now <laughs> I, I try to be as open minded as I possibly can. I guess I can lean on IPAs a lot, especially like during the summer. Yeah. But like when the winter comes around, it's Oktoberfest, heavy beer. And once in a while, I'll get IPA. And, or like when you go to Urban Artifact, that's when you know. Yep. Fruit tarts, sours, and. Do you like, like big, kind of big, bold flavors? Is yes. that kind of the. Just yeah. always. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with a light beer once in a while, too, especially like after Mone Yard or something like that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I'm a big fan of sour beer. So Urban Artifact has my heart. Uh, Mad Tree has my blessing. Um, I really, uh, Ryan showed us or introduced me to what he calls the legendary lager, which was one of their like um, most meddled beers. And it was very good. Um, so that's a, that's a light beer that I really, really enjoy. Um, I'm also a big Hefeweizen fan, as you might have been able to tell from my uh, Toxic Brew order. Um, but I also try and keep an open opinion because, you know, while I'm 30 years old, I've not tried every beer in the world. And so even last last week, Crooked gave me a IPA, and I normally don't like IPAs, but I really liked a West Coast IPA from him. Well, and it's funny how some of that changes, too, like even – even from like day to day, like there'll be one day where like, man, I, I don't, I don't like IPAs, but today it just tastes really good, and then tomorrow it doesn't again. <laughs> like it's just right. like it's 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 so like fleeting sometimes within experiences and within moods and depending on what you ate and there's all kinds of stuff that goes into it. But again, it just goes goes that not limiting yourself. Uh, uh, on that note, what are things that you just don't like? <laughs> Are there any beer styles that you just, beer or drink styles that you're like, you know what? I just, I mean, like you talked about seltzers. Yeah. I mean, I've dated so many women who just want me to order a seltzer or like a White Claw. (laughs) And I always have to sort of like clench my something when I order it because I'm slightly embarrassed. But I also just think they're not good. I'm also not a huge fan of of cider beer. Um, I mean, I think it's a great attempt. And my mom is not gluten friendly. So she isn't a big beer drinker, but if she were like, it's nice to know that there's an option for her. Um, but it's not really for me. Um, I've pretty much always just sort of stuck with beer because I guess I don't venture out as much as I should. (laughs) (laughs) Is there, I guess I should say domestic light beers are something I can't, I've tried so many different ones. I go, I don't, I think craft ruined that because of the flavoring, even though craft light just, somewhat tastes different. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just a mindset, but you know, there's probably a lot to that, but, but <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I would just say like domestic light or a lot. I just, just don't go down well. Right. I get it. Uh, is there anything you guys want people to know about, uh, about you guys or about the, uh, the podcast or anything you think that they don't know? That we love trying new places, we love talking to new people, and we just want that people to give us a chance. And I think we, the four we've talked to, we've had a great time with all of them, and I, and we're only going to get better. And our confidence level and our questions are going to keep getting better and stronger. And I just 
I feel like it, we're just tipping the iceberg on what we can do. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I guess I agree with you, Blake. I think the number one thing to keep remembering is that um, we're doing this as sort of an educational-ish entertainment. What is that edutainment piece for for listeners or or anyone who's who loves beer or is new to beer? Um, I think that Blake personally does a really great job of um, finding really awesome people to speak with and he asks pretty provoking questions and then um you know i've never i've never listened to a podcast that we've done while editing and think like oh we shouldn't have done this or we shouldn't have done that because i just you know i keep I've a, an open mind. i've definitely had those moments and it comes over you will hit those moments oh yeah no we definitely <laughs> will but i guess my point is is that like you know i think that we do a really great job and i think that we are um we're having a lot of fun and, and we just sort of want to help increase the number of craft drinkers right. in the world. Right. Well, thank you guys. I, I appreciate it. How can people find the show? Uh, this we're on uh, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and Google. Yeah. The, the podcast is called Blake, the brewery explorer, and you can find him at the same name on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and anything else? YouTube. Uh, more a little more Twitter. I, more Twitter. I, I don't use it as much as I. I think that's that's a trending thing. I think a lot of people are using it less and less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Elon. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys. I appreciate you sitting down, and um, uh, we'll be back next week. If you guys don't already subscribe to Blake the Brewery Explorer podcast, go subscribe right now. Like wherever you're listening to this, uh, you can go and just subscribe. Uh, because it, some really, really fun guests and a neat perspective on kind of what they're doing. Um, share it with your friends. Like, that's how these things keep growing. Uh, share this show with your friends. If you want to support monetarily, go to themerlydome.com slash support. You can do it that way. So, Cincy Brewcast, it's the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs>